Hello everyone and welcome to this first episode in the mini-series on stewardship on the First Lutheran Podcast. Today, Mason, Pastor Lars, and I will discuss the parable of the dishonest manager, which is found in Luke chapter 16, verses 1 through 13. Luke 16, 1 through 13, the parable of the dishonest manager. Then Jesus said to the disciples, There was a rich man who had a manager, and charges were brought against this man that he was squandering his property. So he summoned him and said to him, What is this that I hear about you? Give me an accounting of your management, because you cannot be my manager any longer. Then the manager said to himself, What will I do now that my master is taking the position away from me? I am not strong enough to dig, and I am ashamed to beg. I have decided what to do, so that when I am dismissed as manager, people may welcome me into their homes. So summoning his master's debtors one by one, he asked the first, How much do you owe my master? He answered, A hundred jugs of olive oil. So he said to him, Take your bill, sit down quickly, and make it fifty. Then he asked another, And how much do you owe? He replied, A hundred containers of wheat. He said to him, Take your bill and make it eighty. And his master commended the dishonest manager because he had acted shrewdly. For the children of this age are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than are children of light. And I tell you, make friends for yourselves by means of dishonest wealth, so that when it is gone, they may welcome you into the eternal homes. Whoever is faithful in very little is also faithful in much, and whoever is dishonest in very little is dishonest also in much. If then you have not been faithful with the dishonest wealth, who will entrust you to the true riches? And if you have not been faithful with what belongs to another, who will give you what is your own? No slave can serve two masters, for a slave will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. Welcome to the first episode, Pastor Lars and Jody. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Thanks for having us on. This is the first episode in the the mini-series on stewardship. And this week we're talking about Luke chapter 16, verses 1 through 13, the parable of the dishonest manager. So in the study, we actually are talking, we open it up by saying what stewardship is not. And... Pastor Lars, you wrote about how stewardship is not fund management. So that's honestly what most people think about when they hear the word stewardship. You hear, oh, the church is trying to raise money. Yeah, you're absolutely right. The uh, this whole term stewardship gets so boiled down to kind of just about how we are doing financially that even our accounting and our fundraising all get thrown into just kind of stewardship. And it becomes just a church word for money management in some fashion. And it, it really loses the depth of character that, that's, that that term is really trying to pull out, where it's about our time and our talents uh, and our money as well. But really, it's about our whole life and how we are used by God in uh, service to others so that uh, whatever we have, whatever God has given us, whatever we are blessed with, that we become a blessing to others. 
And that gets turned into this kind of bad word of stewardship um, where people think that it's fund management or fundraising and they turn it all into money uh, and then get mad about it so that we can't even really talk about money. And whenever we do, then the church becomes a place where it's um, simply they're after our money and they're always wanting more to give. Of course, stewardship is about money. It's not only about money. But money is part of our life, and uh, it's it's more a part of our life than just about everything else. It, it means so much to us, and it makes so many things possible when we work for this. But when we talk about Christian stewardship, we're not just talking about investing strategies or uh, how we are saving up for ourselves or even how we're giving money away to the needy. We're talking about how our entire lives are gifts from God and then how we in turn give those gifts to others. So when we're talking about this uh, series on stewardship, we want to be not just talking about how we're doing financially as a congregation or how we are going to be making more money for the congregation or how we're going to convince people to give more. But we really want to be talking about how we free people from the things of their life so that they can be givers, generous givers, uh, stewards of God's gifts and blessings for the sake of ministry in the community and the world. So to first illuminate the purpose of, of stewardship, we have this passage on the dishonest manager. Yeah. What is going on in this passage? We have uh, Jesus accusing, or not Jesus, uh, the, the, uh, the manager being accused uh, by a rich man that he's been mismanaging that man's wealth. Yes. And you said before we even started recording that maybe that's not even his job. Could, could you... Hit on that a little bit. Well, Jesus' parable starts with uh, um, this t- this story of a of a of a rich man, of a master who has a servant, and an accusation comes from somewhere that he's been mismanaging his funds, and uh, instantly we start to think that that means that he was supposed to be managing them well. Uh, but as we get into the parable, we might be able to hear that a little bit differently, um, that maybe his job wasn't even to manage the funds. Maybe he was supposed to be doing something else. Uh, but that's that's a surprising twist that comes at the end of the parable a bit. So when the manager is summoning the rich man's debtors one by one, he is reducing their debts. Yeah, isn't this the strangest thing? The... Uh, the, the manager um, this uh, starts to go around to all of the rich man's debtors, the ones who owe him money. And he says, I'm losing my job. I don't know what I'm going to do. What am I supposed to do next? How am I going to make a living? Everything's falling apart around me. Um, and so he goes to these, these debtors and says, how much do you owe? Uh, I'll reduce it for you. I'll reduce your debt for you. Uh, actually freeing them from what they owe the master. Uh, and that's seen as dishonest. That's seen as, uh, uh, that even hears, uh, sounds in our ears like something that you shouldn't be doing, right? It sounds like a kind of a, mm-hmm. a sneaky move to make, doesn't it? So why is this, this parable not about what we should or shouldn't be doing? Because we see kind of two examples of that, that all of a sudden you think that, that you're supposed to have your debt paid back. So the manager is going out to the debtors, but then telling them, you owe less than what you actually need. Right. Then all of a sudden at the very end, you have Jesus saying, this guy's a good guy. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's he doing co- exactly what you're supposed to be doing. So what is the, what is the, what is, what are you supposed to be doing? 
Well, he commends him for reducing their debt. He commends the manager for being shrewd and doing this. Um, and to me, this is a this becomes a story then a parable about not what we're supposed to be doing and how we're supposed to be keeping a proper account of everything that's going on in our in our world and in our lives and in our accounting and in our master's accounts, but rather to do that work of the kingdom, which is to forget about the accounting, uh, to free people from their debts so that they would be free. That they could then be generous instead of worrying about what their money means in their life to then be freed to say, uh, all of this is a gift from God and I'll use it as my master, as my God, as my Lord uh, uh, puts before me. It sort of feels like we're in a position where things are, are black and white. You know, he suddenly thinks, I have to make this happen and I have to do this. And, and so he thinks he's maybe not doing it the right way, but but by going to these other folks and saying, how can I make it easier for you to pay me back? Now we've kind of found this compromise almost where we're opening up different gates of ways that we can be stewards. You know, we're not collecting maybe as much as we were supposed to. He's not getting everything he was supposed to get, but he's opening up doors for all of these other people now. And that's, I think, where Jesus comes in and says, that's great. Now all of a sudden you've done something that not only you're getting something back for your your boss, your, this other man, but you're also giving something to these other people by allowing them to sort of settle their debts, if you want to think of it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I, you're right, Jody, and it's an amazing thing because the debt, I think, is what actually our debts, our sins, our, uh, our deficits, those kinds of things just weigh upon us heavily. And we, when we're worrying about those all the time, we're always thinking, I got to pay that back. I got to pay that back. And one day down the road, maybe when I've uh, when I've settled all my accounts, then maybe I could be generous to others. Right. Uh, if I could just get over that, get over the hump, get over the hill, onto the into the green pastures, uh, then I would have it all set. And here comes uh, this manager. It, it feels like a sneaky kind of fashion, but doing the work that actually Jesus does for us, freeing us from the debt that we were supposed to pay in order to give us a whole different life. A life that's not uh, worrying about what we owe others, but worry, but worried, not worried, concerned, uh, thinking only of what God continues to give to us. Yeah, I mean, if I feel like I feel that I feel that with a lot of like my peers, like that you're supposed to be paying. Well, I'll be generous when I get all my students' loan loans paid off. I'll be generous when I have my car paid off, or when my mortgage is done, or or. Uh, whatever like then i will be able to give 10 percent, but it's not even about giving a certain percentage it's about how can you be freed to be generous think of the idea of the percentage even as as a standard we're trying to we see that as a debt that's something we're supposed to pay and if we can get to that 10 percent, then what do we feel like oh we've done our part rather than uh Everything that you have is a gift from God, and everything that you have is to be used in the service of your master. Not just that 10% so that you can get God off your back, that he can stop (laughs) hassling you for uh, that 10%. And of course, we know uh, when we talk about fundraising, stewardship, we're always talking about this this mythical 10% that nobody can seem to come up with, Uh, right? Uh, And so we we even feel burdened by that as a standard that's given to us, that we're not doing what we should. Well, what if stewardship 
started with just a freedom from that to say your whole life is a gift from God. Your whole life is being used in service of your master. What if this parable is freeing us through Jesus' commandment saying, be dishonest with the forgiveness. Uh, do it extravagantly so that people can be freed of their debts in order to be generous. Not some unspecified time uh, in the future, but today, right now. How does that change how we understand both ministry and stewardship as a ministry of the church? Yeah, I mean, you can look at that in in the way that our debt is our sin and that we want to pay it back. We want to do everything we can to remove our own sin, but ultimately we can't. And that's what Jesus is saying here is he's saying, you are no longer, you're freed of this. Like I, I've taken it care and now you're free to go reduce the debts of everyone else. Be like you said, generous with the forgiveness of sin. Yeah. I mean, what if Jesus is dishonest in his forgiveness for us? I mean, dishonest in the way that it's not uh, well accounted for. So it looks like he's cheating somebody. Uh, that's exactly what he's doing. He's cheating the, the, the debtor. Uh, he's cheating sin by just saying, I forgive it. I remove it. Make it less. So that when we are uh, freed by this, we are the, the weight actually gets lifted off and we no longer ask, am I doing enough? Have I given my 10%? Can I get to that standard? But saying, my whole life now is looking out and being a steward of the gifts of God. I think a lot of that comes back to what you said at the beginning of stewardship isn't just fundraising. It's right. not just meeting the 10% that I'm supposed to be giving or, or making sure that I'm putting my money in the offering plate every week or whatever it is. There's so much more than that. It's so much more of this whole idea of how can I give back in other ways? You know, maybe I don't have the 10% right now. You know, you, like Mason said, we're all paying off student loans. And when I get this paid off, maybe I'll have 10%. But maybe there's more than that. Maybe it's not just how can I financially share what I've been given. What else can I share? Can I, can I be a shepherd for Sunday school? Can I sing in the choir? Can I help out on Sundays by ushering? You know, what other ways can we give back and be stewards that maybe have nothing to do with finances? And you see that, like, even in the passage. Like, it's not just money that is owed to the rich man. It, it, it's jugs of olive oil and it's, uh, like, other things that are outside of just the monetary thing. So I think you're hitting it right on the head there. And you're absolutely right. There are so many more facets of stewardship. But I want to push it even a little bit further, not to say what more should I be doing, but even to look at what you are doing as your stewardship, your work, your family, your uh, exercise, that this is all whatever you're doing, even for yourself or shopping, uh, that this is part of our stewardship in the world, that in any way that we are giving and receiving uh, um, of our life for others, that is part of our stewardship and part of our life in the world. And that shouldn't be seen as, I didn't do enough this week. It should be seen as, uh, that's what God has placed in front of me. That's exactly what I've done. So that our whole lives um, aren't lived with this burden of, have I done my job well enough? Um, so that we're serving our wealth or serving our job, but serving God with our wealth, serving God in our job, serving God in our homes, with our families, with all that we're doing, so that we're not putting our family in competition with our job or our church and our community, that all of this is what we do as Christians. That's okay. so true. I hadn't even 
I mean, I, I guess in my brain I'd thought about that, but I wasn't putting it all together. I was still thinking of stewardship within the church, but that's true. I mean, look at how much we do just on a daily basis, the little things like taking the kids to school. And, right. and, you know, I mean, the things that we do that we're raising kids to to serve their purpose, you know, to take that role when they reach that point. And it's a beautiful reminder to think that absolutely everything you're doing in your life is serving your neighbor because you are free to do that. And I think that overarching point is often mislooked at because you're constantly just like thinking, okay, in order to serve my neighbor, I need to do that deliberately by volunteering for something. Or like if I can make the conscious choice to then therefore uh, serve my neighbor, then that that's that's in that section of life. But that's a good reminder that everything you're doing is serving somebody it's, else. It's exactly analogous to the, the idea of when I get my student loans paid off, then I'll be generous. When my kids are out of the house, then I'll be generous and volunteer. No, you are giving there now. That's stewarding your life for others. Um, so I just want people to be freed from the burden of thinking there's some magical uh, kingdom down the road that they're waiting to get into to start being Christian stewards, uh, trusting in the forgiveness of sin that Christ has given us now, um, to be living your life freely as stewards of all of God's gifts and blessings today. Thank you for joining us for episode one in the mini-series on stewardship. Be sure to join us next time as we look at the story of Lazarus and the rich man from Luke 16, 19 through 31.